Welcome to episode 36 of the Golf Betting System podcast. This week we are covering the John Deere Classic on the PGA Tour and the Scottish Open on the European Tour. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. I'm Steve Bamford, PGA Tour Previewer at Golf Betting System. And with me we have European Tour expert Paul Williams and podcast pundit Barry O'Hanrahan. Good evening, chaps. Evening, boys. How are you doing? Evening, lads. How are we getting on? We doing okay? I know you're feeling a bit sore, Barry, aren't you? Yeah, got pummeled by two amazing putts by Russell Knox yesterday um, after taking Ryan uh, Ryan Fox in running. Um, mm. Yeah, the two putts by Knox kind of stung a bit, but in addition, like the the putts that um, Fox hit on 17 and 18 looked both looked really good. You know, one for Eagle, one for Birdie, and. Um, yeah, just sometimes it just isn't your time, and you can play great golf like Fox did, and you, you still don't get the win. Um, so I, I don't think he'll feel like he lost it, but um, it'll stay. Yeah, he, uh, he didn't. He didn't. He, didn't throw he's away, seriously, did he? seriously talented golfer. Mm. Um, I, 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 you hope that he can capitalize on his form and grab a win soon. Um, mm. Yeah, but yeah, certainly one to keep an eye on for Lynx golf and particularly the Irish Open. He seems to absolutely love it over here. Yeah, I mean you can't account for those bombs that um, that Knox nailed, can you? You know, at the end of the day, you make one of those. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, that's, that's a big putt. Make two consecutively. I mean, they were in the same spot when they all virtually in the same mm. spot. So he knew the line after the first one, but to execute both of them. Yeah, it's huge, isn't it? Huge for him as well. Back into the uh, top 50 in the world, I think, as well. He is, yeah. Very close to the Ryder Cup spot as well. Yeah, he's not far off, is he? Not far off at all. Uh, GolfBettingSystem.co.uk, that's our website website and where all of our content hangs from. Twitter, I'm available at Bamford Golf. Paul is at Golf Betting. Barry, at A Good Talk Golf. Available on the podcast... Podbean, iTunes, TuneIn for Android users, Player FM, Podtail, and we have now also been uh, li- oh, listing now on Spotify. So that's great for Spotify uh, subscribers. Just search for Golf Betting System in Spotify search and press the follow button. Naturally, subscribe or follow the podcast and tell your friends about the show. It's a big week this week, actually, chaps, because not only do we have the Scottish Open and the John Deere Classic later in the week. We are recording our Open Championship preview show. So that's going to be out, listeners, later in the week, probably Thursday. So listen out for that. Um, We enjoyed the one that we did for the US Open so much. We're going to do one for the Open Championship and also for the PGA Championship later in the year. Talking about the course, uh, tournament trends and the kind of players that we like early on in our thought processes. Um, please take time to rate plus review us on iTunes. It helps to keep up, uh, keep all of our weekly content free across website, YouTube, and pod, uh, and the podcast itself. Right. I tell you, let's start with Kevin Nash, shall we? From last week, <laughs> it was impressive, wasn't he? I, I've written in this week's preview. You know, if you go to the well, you know, numerous times, eventually you're going to strike something, aren't you? But he did it very impressively, didn't he? I mean, I did notice uh, when you, you go back and have a quick glance, I mean, for, there was a little bit of 50 to 1 about him, but mainly 40, which is never yeah. a most tempting price on a bloke that's only ever won once in, I think it was 350 career 
career mm. um, starts on the PGA Tour. But he he'd been to the he'd been to the Korean Open, hadn't he? And I think he led there after fifty four holes, and he threw that away. And you think, well, if he can't win the Korean Open, yeah. But every dog has his day, and, and you know, statistically, and we we said all along, green bright, beautiful bent grass greens, putting, you know, real putting fest, and sure enough, Kevin comes to the party, and, and when he plays like that, I mean, he was five shots clear, wasn't he? <coughs> yeah, well, he held a lot of putts, didn't he? And you know, it is so much about putting that tournament, and um, yeah, you you is not is not that kind of a finisher normally, is he? You know, we've sat here and watched a number of times when he's. He's got into a position to contend and to, to potentially win a tournament, and he just doesn't do it. But, you know, he, he just pulled away from the field. He was nailing his putts, and, uh, you know, there's an emotional interview at the end, if you could um, digest anything he was saying. But, but yeah, he's uh, very, very impressive, wasn't he? It probably, uh, I mean, not to take anything away from it at all, but uh, to actually just put it in context, it probably helped him to go from one week having, so, you know, near disappointment uh, in the Korean Open to go to a course where he knows he can contend. It's not a bomber's track. It's one where he can, you know, his skill set fits in quite nicely too. So he immediately has an opportunity to, to capitalize on his form and, mm. you know, correct the wrong that he had the week before. Um, you know, if you imagine he was going to a bombers track last week instead of a TPC Deer Run, might have yeah. been a very different story. But uh, you know, just the, the stars aligned quite nicely, and um, he's an extremely likable guy. And I think he gets an awful rap for being um, a slow he's player. Slow, isn't he? Yeah. I actually don't think he's particularly slow. He just, you know, people yeah, kind of latch, latched onto it, and uh, it's just been, been kind of rhetoric about him ever since. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he, he's on the slow side, and uh, a little uh, bit, yeah. But he seems to become the uh, the poster boy or the oh, yeah, target, yeah. target yeah, yeah, first, yeah. you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, he he uh, takes a lot of stick. That yeah. should be spread around a bit, in my opinion. But um, you know, <laughs> it, it it shows what you know. I thought the interview was brilliant at the end. It shows how mm. how big a deal it is to win. You know, you, oh, yeah, yeah, massive. Yeah, he's a he's a quality player. I mean, he, he's a pretty much. He's normally resident top 50 in the world without ever winning, which is an amazing achievement. Second this year at Riviera. Sixth at that Byron Nelson Championship that they held at the uh, new course, Trinity Forest. And also fourth at Colonial. And then he went to that Korean Open and was fifth. I think he led or he went out in the final group. So it, it's been coming. So, you know, as in as ever, in retrospect, it's um, it's probably something... I did I did actually consider Nar, but as ever, it's always that nagging doubt Well, I'm effectively tipping up 40 to 1 for a place because he won't win. Yeah. But, and it's interesting, so I've, this was something that Jeff Feinberg tweeted out last night. You think about the PGA Tour this year. I'll just read out some names. Gary Woodland, Bubba Watson, Paul Casey, Phil Mickelson, Francesco Molinari, Ian Poulter, and now Kevin Nye. It's certainly, it's the year of winless streaks being, being broken, isn't it, on the PGA mm-hmm. Tour? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A bit of momentum with it, and people start to get some belief, don't they? When their time comes. But then it's so much of this is out down to that one day. You get yourself in position, and you're going into a Sunday, and can you produce that? Usually, that putting day on the Sunday that gets the uh, gets you over the line. And uh, Nar produced it yesterday. Casey produced it a few weeks back when he won. Um, yeah, so. You know, we need to be looking after. No, it's the price again, isn't it? It's like Charles Howe the Third. You know, is he going to win this year? 
2007, the last time he won, Charles Howler third. Mm. But he's, he keeps going off at like 28 to 1, 33 yeah, he, to 1. He can't touch it. He can't he's, touch it. He's not tempting, is it? Not tempting at all. Talk to us quickly about the Irish Open. What were your thoughts and takeaways on that particular tournament? Yeah, well, you know, aside from what Barry said, with the you know Knox nailing those putts that eventually converted, it was um, yeah, that was impressive. I've got to say, a bit disappointing for me because I had both uh, Pavon and Jacqueline both kind of in the slipstream going into the final day. They're both tied six, and given the respective prices we had from 250s and 300s you know a, a place from either of those guys and uh, it's looking like a a cracking week um and they both just just couldn't get it going actually Pavon got himself into a, into a position where he could have contended he could have seriously contended um if he hadn't started throwing shots away around that's, the, that's uh, when it went seriously wrong yeah yeah and it's, it's this thing isn't it you know you get a player in you you know you back a player gets into that position where he can produce you know a, a run at it he, he's in a position to, to potentially win the tournament and then you kind of get towards the end it hasn't happened and they're hanging on or you're hoping they're going to hang on for a for a place to kind of reward the uh, the, the big price that you got and, and both of the guys finished a shot outside the well, yeah, it would have been a share of the um, sixth place but um, it was still been a nice profitable week but uh, but neither of them could, could, could produce a birdie on the way back they both didn't make a birdie at the par five coming home and Kind of both just plodded through, and uh, ultimately it was disappointing. But the course is a fantastic course. From you know the various bits I saw over the four days, it looked really, really good. And uh, you know the feedback from the players was, was strong. And I think it's a a good you know pre warm up for this week, which is the you know proper warm up for 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 Carnoustie next week, and uh, getting into this kind of mindset of playing proper links golf and on firm fast courses. Um, it can only be a good thing um, for the players that attended and uh, you know, kind of whets the appetite for the, this week and next, I think. I think we were in the same boat this week, weren't we? Because I mm. had Lahiri. Yeah, no, he, he, he was a couple of... Yeah, was, was he yeah. a shot or a couple of shots clear at one point? I'm sure. Wow. I sort of, yeah, it was, um, and, and then he had a complete and utter collapse. I think he shot mm. seven over after over the last 36 holes. Mm. So uh, that, that that one goes in the old memory bank. He's much more of a first round leader bet for me, Lahiri. I must say, he's yeah, the kind of player who can can get out of the blocks quick. But uh, there's a few of them just didn't perform. You know, Simpson. You wouldn't have put him down yeah. as a what is he six over on Saturday? It was yeah, absolutely. He fell around. Bubba Watson yeah. in the final round, and of course Xander. Hmm? You know, this was the whole point. You looked at that. You looked at those leaderboard at thirty-six holes. You're thinking you've got Watson in the mix, the defending champion Xander's in the mix, Webb Simpson's in second. He led after th- uh, the first day, didn't he? Second, yeah. uh, you know, second or third, and you just think, well, you know, it's going to take a gr- you know, a really strong challenge to, for someone to beat one of these elite players. Yeah. But that tournament's always been the same. No player has ever led even a round of that tournament and won it. And yeah, you know, that, that struck Webb Simpson of all people this year. That's odd, isn't it? That's a lot stat, isn't it? It's a weird one, isn't it? And Kevin Nall, you know, snaps it up at forty to one. Thanks for coming. Mm. So who made it into the open from the US event? Well, now you're asking. It must have been uh, Kelly Craft. Yes. Uh, he played Cook. really well, didn't he? Kraft? Yeah, he did. Yeah, Austin yeah. Cook and Cochrag, wasn't it? That it was, was it? it was Craft, Cochrag, Snedeker, and Austin Cook. Mm. I think. 
Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, because there's four of them, wasn't it? Yeah, because Schneider has just pulled out of the um, John Deere. Hasn't Is he? Neiman playing in the Open Championship? I couldn't tell you. Off the I don't think head. he is. I think he I had. A, I think he had like the an awards position if he played if he stayed amateur, but he's given that up clearly. Right. Yeah, I was just. Right. I was wondering how they actually make. How does it work in terms of these ties? Because he tied with. He he'll have tied with Cook, and it's, wouldn't he? So as far as I know, it's world, world, world ranking. World ranking. I'm pretty sure it's world ranking. Yeah. So so, it's, so it's a fair way to break. The, yeah. So Joel Darman will be just as gutted, I'd have thought, because he yeah. missed out to Cook as well, yeah? Mm. Yeah, we've got another, another chance this week, I guess, Neiman, isn't he? Mm. There's only one spot available over there, though, this week. Yeah, there is, yeah. Yeah, yeah there is so the three over in the, in, in the Scottish, but uh, yeah, just one in the uh, John Deere, isn't it? So, yeah, it really is last chance saloon over there. Mm. Um, well, like, back to the Irish Open, I, I was really really impressed with that golf course i don't think i've ever seen a links in as good condition and uh, my dad was up there for a day and uh, the manager of our golf course was up there for a day uh, i didn't go up myself it's a four and a half hour drive each way and you know the logistics didn't work out but they were both saying that they've never seen a links golf course as just gorgeously set up as it was and um, they clearly put an awful lot of effort into it um, and mm. if you saw the overhead shots you could see holes from the the old links there were almost blackened out and um, so they'd put all of their efforts uh, into the Glashidi yeah. Links uh, course and uh, I thought it played I thought they set it up really well um, mm. you know the, it was soft well not quite soft but it was scorable on the first day to a certain extent and they just let it kind of creep to firmer and firmer as the week went on which um, just it turned out to be a beautiful challenge and um, yeah. I, I can be, I'd say uh, the pictures that went over to the states there'd be a, a lot of holidays be booked to the uh, to Donegal and the north of Ireland so um, yeah no it yeah. went off really well and you know very proud uh, as an Irishman that it went it, it looked so good and we finally got some decent weather as well yeah it did it looked spectacular didn't it and I think you're right they didn't um, didn't let it get out of control but it was still a uh, Still a fair test, wasn't it? And uh, yeah, the, the winning score didn't get out of control either, which is always a, a good indication of, um, of of a decent setup. I take it then, Paul, you're expecting a very, very similar challenge this week at Ghislaine. because I I know I spoke to you about this on Friday when we were out and about. You said that when they played here a few years ago and Fowler won, the golf course that week was particularly soft. Yeah, it was and, get, and gettable, but yeah. It's, it's a par it's seventy. Not going to be like that. It's not going to be like that this year. This this year is it? At it's least gonna, in terms of turf conditions. No, it's going to play differently. Definitely. Um, so yeah, the track is. Um, it's a par seventy, seven thousand one hundred thirty-three yards. Um, but as a par seventy, you know, you, you you're unlikely to see the score get completely out of control unless the conditions are particularly soft and particularly receptive and particularly. Uh, calm, um, and if you go back to 2015 when they played this last time, um, 12 under was the winning total from Fowler, and it was particularly green. It was particularly lush. It'd been a wet start to the summer over in the UK um, that year, and you know even with those conditions, it the scoring didn't get out of control. It was 12 under, 
um, the guy that was Kuchar and uh, Jacqueline who who were uh, tied for second at eleven under, and then you know if you've got the bulk of the field are in single figures under par or, or worse, then you know that the uh, the test has been set up and it is it is fair. Um, without being uh, without being excessive, there's another little bit of f- um, form that can kind of um, back that up. So they played some uh, Open Championship qualifying back in 2013 there as well, um, and the winning score from that was two under over two rounds. Um, and they played as a par 71 on a slightly different setup. They they use a, a kind of an amalgamation of uh, two of the three courses for this event, and uh, it was a slightly different setup for that. But you know, you're talking about the same terrain effectively. Um, so for the score to be the winning score to be two under over over thirty six holes shows you that it can be a pretty fair and strong test um, this particular track and of course with a links setup it's going to be down to the conditions and as, as you said right at the start there um, it's going to be firm it's going to be fast it's going to be proper links golf and um, the only thing we're unlikely to get if the forecast is right um, as I'm looking at it right now is it's not going to be particularly windy. So it's going to be all about the ground conditions and how um, how firm and fast and tricky that makes uh, that makes the the test this week. Um, but yeah, I, I can't see the scoring getting out of control as a result of that. You know, even in in good conditions with light winds, if it is firm and fast, I think it's going to going to pose quite a challenge for the players this week. It looked quite exposed to me from some of the um, some of these videos and the tweets that I've seen out. Yeah, it is. Yeah, a lot of exposed, you know, tees. Particularly, you know, absolutely nothing between you and the and the sea and uh, the wind that's whipping in off the coast if it's coming from that direction. Yeah, it's it's not. It's, you've got some fantastic views of the uh, Firth of Forth over there. It's just down the down the coast from uh, from Muirfield and uh, Archerfield Links where they played the uh, they they play that Paul Laurie match play um, a few years ago so it's all in that kind of neck of the woods um, but yes you're right it is open and exposed um it's it's a pretty in, it, visually it's quite straightforward um from what i recall it's um there aren't many blind shots it's one of these tracks that just relies on the on, on the elements to protect it but it is quite relatively tight and the greens are relatively small for a link so um, you know, it is, it is a challenge from off the tee. Um, and, you know, with the typical undulating fairways you get with um, with Lynx Golf tight lies. Um, and the bunkering, the pot bunkers here um, are particularly penal. You know, you're probably talking a half a shot penalty on average every time you go in one of these bunkers. So you just got to be keeping yourself out of those. So um, there's an element of accuracy required here. There's an element of uh, strategy and tactics required. You need to be able to play um, Lynx golf and the, you know, the style of Lynx golf that's going to help get you around the track as well. Um, I think when you kind of drill into this and uh, you know we've only really got the 2015 event to, to, to look into and as I say it was played in, in what are going to be quite different conditions. Um, things that stand out to me is that nearly everyone who made the cut was shooting around about minus four to minus six on the on the par fives over the course of the weeks. So everyone was making a birdie on every other par five, if not slightly more. There was very little variance there. So the par fives are un- unlikely to have much bearing on the outp- outcome of this tournament this week. 
um, which kind of suggests then that the uh, driving distance is going to be negated, um, particularly with it being firm and fast. I expect you're going to find, as we did last week, that um, people have taken far less than driver off most of the holes, um, and it's more about positioning off the tee, um, trying to miss the bunkering, um, and trying to keep in play so that you can be set up and attack the pins with the second shot. Um, it's interesting again looking at the stats from last time as well because if you look at the likes of Fowler who won Jack Lan and, and Kucha their tee to green stats were all particularly poor and that was in soft conditions so you know they were um, missing fairways they were missing greens it, it all came down to that particular year how they performed on and around the greens and each of them had sc scrambling stats in excess of 80% they all ranked in the top five uh, for scrambling in the week and um, you know, it, it ultimately it just came down to um, the birdies that Fowler made as he was coming home. You may recall I was I was on Jacqueline that week um, mm. at uh, two hundred and fifty to one. I think he was second going into the final day, um, and got himself into a great position where he could have won. And then then but Fowler, as as Fowler does, birded three of the final four um, to pull himself away from the uh, from from him and, and Kuchar. Um, and I remember that Jacqueline had um, his approach shot on the final hole. He needed to hold it effectively to, to force a playoff. And um, he played a fantastic shot. You know, it, it missed by a matter of inches for, uh, for, for him to hold for an eagle uh, to, to, uh, to force it into extra time, which is you know, extremely unlikely, but quite exciting at the same time to see him have a proper go at that. Um, but yeah, going back through the stats, it was far more about um, short game and uh, and and putting and particularly scrambling than it was uh, than what than it was tee to green. But I think for me the conditions this year probably changed that. Um, and if you kind of got you know bogged down looking at those stats and thought like this course is going to be all about short game. It's got to be nothing else. It's going to be all about short game because that's what the twenty fifteen stats tell us. And um, then I think you could be wrong because. A firmer, faster course. The people will be running through fairways quite readily. They're gonna. If you're running through fairways and, and playing out the rough, you're not gonna be able to hold these greens. I don't think. Mm. Um, or you're gonna have to play shots into the greens that are. You know, you, you're landing it short and running it up, and it's gonna be. It's gonna be a much more linksy style test this time round than it was before. I think because clearly players could play the ball through the air far more with the, with a, a um, with a with a uh, softer, softer course. So. Well, is it quite telling that last week we had a scenario where Knox was first for GIR, Fox was third, John Rahm was 11th and Eric Van Royen was fifth? And they, mm. and they made up five of the, or four of the top five. Yeah, yeah. I, I, think, I think, whereas you looked at the GIR stats from, from three years ago, um, I, think you can, I think you can miss fairways here, as you could last week, and you can recover from it. The grass looks particularly long, long in, in places, and yes, you're going to get some bad lies, but you're also going to get some good lies in what look like awful situations, and you're still going to be able to find your way onto the greens. Um, but I think you're going to need to find and manage your game in such a way that you can maximise those greens in regulation. I don't think it was going to be quite so heavily geared towards just a short game um, expertise or a short game you know, week that, uh, that gets you the job done here. Um, we'll see. I mean, I, I'm not. I'm not going to put all of my eggs in one basket. I think is the is the message that I'd, I'd say from that because um, I think that could be a mistake to go 
completely down one 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 route or another. Could be a could well be a mix of players that uh, that end up at the top end of the leaderboard. And there's some nice nice price winners of this event as well recently. Isn't there? A couple of fifty to ones, twenty seventeen Rafa Cabrera Bayo and um, Alex Naren fifty to one, twenty sixteen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fowler was twenty twos when he won here, and clearly, you know, mm-hmm. as an elite player, that's that's not a bad price relative to what you're getting nowadays. No, even Phil uh, Mickelson was twenty two to one. Yeah, he was. Yeah, and that was the year he went on to win the Open the week after, wasn't it? So, so yeah, you, there, there there is some scope for for you're always going to get some, um, you know, potential for some odd results, I guess, in this as well, because players are going to be coming here and not necessarily. Um, you know, focusing on winning this particular event. Some of the players coming over, and there's quite quite a few of the Americans come over to play as, as normally, as you normally see. Um, who are going to be more about acclimatising and to, and honing their game for next week as opposed to going all out to win this. Um, yeah. You got the other, the other factor that there are three Open Championship places up for grabs. Um, you got the other factor that it's a Rolex Series event, and clearly that's going to be a good one for some of the European uh, Ryder Cup hopefuls to uh, to to make a decent run out as well. So you got, I think you've got a number of different um, motivating factors here this week, which could uh, could help influence and uh, and, and kind of. Uh, uh, yeah, dictate which angle and which way the uh, the event goes over the course of the four days. It's going to be a fascinating one. I you know I, I thought last week was a really good um, kind of introduction to the uh, to the the three week you know the, the true three week links stre- stretch that we've got and uh, hopefully this week follows it in in the same kind of vein as well. And. Um, just and other things that I've picked out. I mean, going into uh, form of the players who've come in and won this over the last. I'm going back to 2010. Um, every one of the players who've won this since 2010 had a top 10 in their last four starts. So they all had shown some kind of form of some description in their their previous four starts. So again, you you, you can't assume that those kind of that those kind of um, stats are always going to continue. But it's a fair indication that you're going to need a a decent enough um, game coming into um, this kind of a test uh, to contend and potentially win it. Um, and again, if you look at all of the um, uh, people who've won it, they didn't, didn't necessarily have a sparkling form in the Scottish Open per se, but each one of them, going back to 2010, had a top 10 at least um, in Scotland uh, in one of the various Scottish events over there over their career so a little bit of local form um, of some description a you know a, a good bit of tangible recent form also seems to uh, seems to be a, uh, a factor this week or at least it has been historically and as you say the prices um, have been or the winners have been uh, backable without being you know overly uh, long without being overly short as well there's there's kind of some good mid-range 50 to 100 100 to 1 type winners in there as well so um, a few, I think there's a few factors to consider, and the other factor, um, and how much you read into this, I guess it will depend on uh, your, your personal opinion. But but bear in mind, these guys are going to be playing uh, the final round on Sunday um, when the World Cup finals are, and <laughs> some of the English players, some of the French players, the few Belgian players in the field. They could all have a vested interest in what is going on, and this, I, 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 I could I could be wrong here, but I'm sure that some of them will be having more than half an eye on what the what's going on in Russia at that point. 
And, uh, you know, there were some comments made by Andy Sullivan last week, and I suspect some of it was flippant, and I'm sure it was. But, uh, you know, it's got to be on these guys' mind. You know, if, if England get through, or if Belgium get through, or if, if France get through to the final, that will be being played while some of these guys are potentially out there trying to win the golf tournament. Will it affect him? You know, as professionals, it probably shouldn't do, but um, I don't know. I, I, I think it's another dynamic that just needs to be uh, needs to be considered whether you make a decision off the back of that or not I think we, I, you can't make a decision right now because the, the semis haven't been played they're not going to be played until Tuesday, Wednesday um, but um, I think yeah. something we've talked about the last few weeks has been desire of players and who you know, who has really needed a result and if you mm. go back to the Travellers it was Bubba because yep. we know the Bubba plays well on that track, and he needed another win just to cement his Ryder Cup spot. Mm-hmm. Um, the week after that, Francesco didn't play the Italian, uh, didn't play the Open to France. Uh, knew he was playing some of the best golf of his life. Went to a new track at Potomac and absolutely destroyed a relatively weak field. Mm. Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to recall what what happened at the Open de France. What happened? What uh, help me out on that one? Who won the Open de France? I've forgotten. Paul. Sorry, but I've gone. I'm something completely else. Um, you throw me completely. That give me two seconds. Who won the Open de France a couple of weeks ago? Who's fa- who's fastest at Google? <laughs> oh, it was it was Alex Noren, wasn't it? Yeah. Alex Noren. Yeah. Again, and he was right. Uh, he was right in the mix of a battle for the Ryder Cup. And then last week, you've got Russell Knox, who's been chipping away in the USA for his. You know, he focuses on the PGA Tour. That's where he, that's where he lives now, over in Florida. But he's come over here, second at the Open de France. Knows that he's got a real opportunity to push some buttons. And goes and wins at the the Irish Open, uh, and even in America, you know, you've got Kevin Nart that's taking a decent opportunity there to take his second PGA Tour title again in a relatively weak field. So I'm just looking. I mean, it's a loaded field. I'm just looking at that field, and I'm trying to get my head round who of those guys at the top of the top of the betting seriously need a result this week. Mm. I'm struggling at the top of the market. I'm struggling. Guys, I'm, it's, I'm, it's Martin Keimer. Well, yeah. Well, no, yeah. you you can't disagree. You can't disagree with the theory of Martin Keimer. I'll give you that. The, the, surely, like, okay, whether he can pull it off or not, but his motivation has to be as high as anybody's. You know, he missed the win in Germany three weeks ago. He's saying that he doesn't really need to do anything for the Ryder Cup, which we all know is absolute bullshit because he needs to earn his spot on the team. Yeah. Because I don't think yeah. he's getting a pick. So. He's not. You know, if he's playing a, a flat, fast links golf course, what did he do in Pinehurst? He put he putted his way to uh, victory from off the greens. It's the yeah, kind, it's the kind of setup that could work for him, and he could draw the vibes from uh, that Pinehurst win. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I can see, I can see the logic. I wonder um, from the position that he was in in Germany um, that he should have should have converted from or he should have got into a player for the very least so should Kevin now last week in Korea but he didn't yeah oh, no, no. Um, no yeah, it's, yeah, it's very true it is very very true 
he's not the only player who's hyper motivated this week, but just that's just one that kind of popped in my head there as we're kind of talking about it. It's, it's interesting. I mean, the, the logic, the the logic um, that you've just described there is exactly where I've gone with one of the two players that I've already backed today. Um, I'll uh, wait. Do you want to, before I do that, you can say what you were going to say, Steve. Sorry, interrupt. Well, there, there, there's two there's two others that are just staring to me. Um, one of them was second, I think, on his last outing for Greens in regulation. And I still think he would want, in an ideal world, he would want to earn his way into the European team. And I think Poulter, I'm seeing yep. Poulter at 28 to 1, which I think is a very good price on him, Poulter. Yep. And he was, was he second or third at Muir, Muirfield just down the coast in 2013? Yeah, it was third, I think, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think Poulter, now that Knox, you know, there's a lot of players now looking like they're going to need picks, yeah? Garcia, Stenson's going to need a pick. Now, if Poulter could force his way into that team automatically, that takes the pressure completely off him. I know he gets a pick anyway, because he will. He'll get a pick. He's the talisman of the team. And he's done so much, so well in the States this year. I think he gets a pick. But I think he will want to prove to Bjorn that he can play Link-style golf and play well on the European Tour. I could see someone like Poulter going very, very well this week. And yeah, yeah and you're seeing him at the same kind of price as, say, the defending champion Cabrera Bello. And I just don't see that in a million years. I think Fitzpatrick's struggling as well, isn't he? So for me, it's Poulter that's shouting to me to back him at that price. Yeah, he he's, he's certainly ticks an awful lot of boxes. And I, I haven't discounted him from, from where I'm going with this um, right now. But yeah, I can see the logic. Um, again, I, I, don't, I don't want to start using the, the football as a reason to or not to back people. But there's, there's an element there to, uh, um, to consider as well, I think. Um, but yes, along exactly the same lines, one of the guys I have backed today is Graham McDowell. Now, for exactly the same reasons, he's going to need to do something spectacular to get into the team or to raise his head above the parapet and tell Thomas Bjorn that he needs to be picked. And he's been generally in poor form or struggling until relatively recently where he started to pull things around a little bit. So um, he was 12th at Wentworth, he was 5th at the Italian Open and um, his putter really started to pick up then. Um, And... You know, whilst he, he's got a couple of indifferent um, results since, he missed the cut at the US Open, he missed the cut at the Travellers. Um, he did show some form again at the Open to France. You know, we know he's got a decent record at Le Golf National anyway. Um, but he was um, second after day one there. Um, and then you may recall he had this issue when he was coming back from France because he was due to go and play Open qualifying. Um, and the guys at uh, Air France lost his clubs or they, 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 couldn't, they couldn't get them to him on time. So he had to pull out of open qualifying, which clearly he'd got as part of his plan to get through and, uh, and to try to qualify for, uh, for Carnoustie. So that's le- left him two chances, one of which was the Irish Open. And to be fair to, to GMAC, his record at the Irish Open is pretty poor. Now, he probably, he's pretty backed regularly to, to do well on that and regularly he doesn't actually perform there for whatever reason whether there's you know there's extra pressure with him being at home or um, there are other factors family friends I, you know it's, it's going to be difficult to put uh, you know put your finger on it I think um, but he comes into the Scottish Open now um, and he's got to be super super focused to do something this particular week 
Now, earlier on, it's, it's, the price has dropped a little now. I got 100 to 1 with him earlier on. Um, and for me, that was a price that was worth taking on for a player that has got a fantastic record in Scotland. Um, he's uh, he, he lost in the playoff at the Dunhill Links going back to 2004. He was third again in 2011. Um, second at the Diageo Championship early on in his careers at 2004 as well. He won the Scottish Open in 2008. Um, and the, if you look at the last six times that he's competed in Scotland, he's finished um, in the top 25 of those six times. There's something that clearly he, he's quite comfortable on this, um, you know, in, in this neck of the woods. Um, he wants the Open Champ. You know, he wants to get into the Open Championship. He wants to play the Ryder Cup. He's got to do something pretty dramatic, I think. Um, and the other thing you look at when when they played Gullen um, back in twenty fifteen, um, he finished he finished finished thirty thirty first overall. But if you dig into that rounds of sixty six sixty six over the first two days, he was second going into the Saturday. Mm. So clearly got on with the got on with the track. And I think for me, um, at hundred to one, and there's still nineties around. There's still a few bookies still to come up, so there may well still be that kind of price available um, in the morning. Um, that's a price that is well worth taking on, in my view. He's but yeah, he's a definite, genuine links golfer. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, and on one of these, I, I always struggle when it's on a longer track with McDowell, and he's having to use, um, you know, woods to to either hit some of the par fives or to, uh, to to play into some of the longer par fours. And with the setup likely to be, you know, it's going to be firmer, fast this week. He's not going to use or need to use those. Um, he's not going to use, use those clubs quite as regularly. I think for me, he's going to feel much more at home. He should be super motivated for this. He should be absolutely ready and raring to go for this. Um, and uh, yeah, given given the relative prices you've got for some of the players that you could build a similar kind of argument for for a similar kind of reasoning, um, that seemed to me. Uh, to be a price well worth taking on, and the other guy I've backed, and I can't not back him really, is, is Raphael Jacqueline. So on him last week, I was on him three years ago when he finished second here, um, and you know, given that he was available at, when he still is available at one hundred and seventy-five to one, given how well he played last week, he was one of those that topped greens in regulation last week. So clearly, that part of his game is is absolutely bang on. Um, and you know we've talked about his performance here three years ago, and he played particularly well. You know he does play well in, in the Scottish Open. Full stop. He's he's got a couple of runner-ups finishes here. He's got three more top tens. He he always seems to pull his game round as he uh, as he plays by the coast. He's one of those players that's um, you know, a strong coastal player. I don't think this is going to be a pushover and any kind of trickier, more challenging course of any description that's not just a birdie fest is, is right up his alley. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I can't, again, there's a kind of player who can can hold his form. I, there's, no, there's no justification in my mind, having backed him last week, having backed him three years ago, that I can conceivably leave him out of the team this week. So he's in, he's already, he's already been backed. So... Um, those are the two that I've uh, I've gone through. I mean, there's a, there's a few more, but yeah, Poulter is another one that he's he's close. I I'm gonna have to make a decision on is, that. Uh, is Mikko Illinen of the same kind of ilk to someone like a Jacqueline? Because he's he's starting to slowly turn it round, isn't he? The Finn. Because yeah, think, was he second or third for GIR last week, and he's fifteenth overall. 
He's improving, yeah, and he has got a strong, um, strong links record as well. If you dig back through, mm. not not all of it's you know it's not all kind of in your face um, links uh, results when you dig through, but he has a strong, uh, a strong enough uh, record to, to consider. Um, yeah, there's there's a few other guys like that. I mean, one of the one of the prices that sticks out to me is Matt Wallace at hundred to one, um, and again, I've, I've, there's there's not a massive amount of links. Uh, pedigree there to really work from but we've seen you know over the last few months this guy can win um he's missed yeah. his last two cuts and suddenly he's gone from you know winning the tournament missed two cuts and he's down at the 100 to 1 bracket and you know again going back to the list of names of these rolex winners does that feel out yeah. of kilter not really no and matt wallace doesn't he's young and talented he's, he's gonna yeah. be far far better than where he's at at the moment yeah precisely you know three what about, three what about danny willett he played well, well last week didn't he He's played a, there's a couple of times in the last few weeks that he's uh, he's shown some decent form. He's clearly you know turned that corner that uh, that, that he was mm. you know languishing uh, languishing around for for some time, and uh, he's he's starting to come good, isn't he? And we we know he's capable. We know he's you've got, you've got some serious decisions to make. There's there's lots of tempting prices on some good players, and I suppose a lot of that is to do with the fact that the PGA Tour boys have come over just to put a bit of meat on the bones to that and we've got Ricky Fowler Patrick Reed, Hideki Matsuama's playing uh, Matt Kuchar's playing Louis Oosthausen's come across from Florida Phil Mickelson you know we've got some uh, some decent PGA Tour talent Peter Uline Charlie Hoffman I've even seen Luke List yeah, of, Luke all, of, of all people yeah, there'll, there'll be people getting excited Luke List truthers will be getting excited there's Party Marty Laird they're all over. 125 to 1 available on Luke List. And, you know, you, you were getting, what, 25s, 33s on him? Yeah. On the, on the PJ Tour, you know, two months ago, three months ago. Um, he's got right off the ball, I, I admit that. But, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people will just look at, look at the name, look at the price, and it will just be an auto bet. It's decent, Absolutely. isn't it? What about, um, what, what about you, Barry? Where are you at? Um... I'm very tempted to stick with Chris Wood. He's been playing uh, playing some very solid golf recently, and I he, I don't know what happened to him last week. He just seemed to get himself into good spots and then have a little mm. stumble, do it again, stumble, and then just kind of uh, flapped around a bit, but ended up finishing 14th. So that's yeah, a, it's a good final round, wasn't it? Paul was on him, wasn't he? And Paul said he's putting out of his skin, isn't he, Wood? Yeah, he is. Yeah, three three weeks or three events on the trot. He's playing. He's putting really well, um, yeah. and it just needs to find a few more greens, and he's gonna he's gonna win a tournament. So yeah, I can see that. And he's I, he's talk, like he, he's talking down his game a little bit, but I I think that's just he's trying to drive himself to to really get it to that fine tuned moment. And uh, look, we all know what a great links golfer he is. I'm I'm basically you know listen back to me last week. I'm saying the same thing. But you know, fourteenth is uh, only a couple of shots away from getting that place last week, and uh, the last time it was played here, he was thirty first. Now I know the golf course is going to be completely different, uh, but he's coming off playing a very firm and fast course last week, and he'll be well tuned into playing the style of golf required to to succeed this week. Mm. So um, I think he's going to be on board for me, and forty to one is quite nice. Well, it also it also rings nicely with the the prices we mentioned earlier, isn't it? It's that kind of price point in yeah. that spot, yeah. And yeah. I, I mean, it, 
I'm not I'm not saying he doesn't have an ambitions to win the Open Championship, but he might see this as a real opportunity to strike in a big event when a few of the eyes of the 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 leading lights might be yeah. uh, just looking yeah. towards next week instead of actually grabbing the win here. Yeah. Um, Which is exactly what RCB yeah. did last year. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I might have a little cheeky punt on Keimer as well for the the uh, the reasons we mentioned earlier. Mm. Um, I love I love your angle on the motivation for GMAC, Paul. Uh, I think particularly with the bag being lost and not going to Open Championship qualifying, it's something about the Irish Open doesn't seem to. Maybe it's just too yeah. much hype going on. There's something for him isn't the it? There's, yeah. there's something that kind of just holds him back each year, isn't there? Is this the same as the John Deere Classic then? One spot for the no, it's three. There's three at this year. Three, oh, three in the that, three in that, the that plays into G Max hands, big style then. Three in the top ten, so yeah, yeah. There's, so, there's options. Very, very. Uh, you know, the course will the course will fit his eye, and he'll probably be kind of relaxed now this week, having come away from the Irish Open. The clubs are back, and uh, everything will feel a little bit more chilled out. Even though he will be pressuring himself to perform well I think he'll be in a better space this week so I, I do I love that shout for him um, Andy Sullivan is very interesting uh, as well although I don't like how short his price is so it's going to be a bit of a debate for me if I actually pull the trigger on that you know 20s to 25s 28s uh, in one bookie of it's yeah. right. It's, it's, it's been right. really good, hasn't he? He's been really good and really consistent without winning. But yeah, it's, it, that either suggests there's a win just around the corner, or you're play, um, yeah, you're backing for a place, which is not mm. ideal when it's twenty eight to one. Um, and you know, with that said, I might be tempted to try hunt out a little bit of value deep down the field and try pluck a, a little bomb bet, a hundred and fifty to one. You know, grab one of the eight places bookies. And see, can you see, can you strike gold that way? Yeah. yeah. Yes. If, yeah. if if one of those does come to my mind, I will uh, I will tweet it out. Nothing's cool. really jumped out at me um, so far, though. No, it's, it's an interesting week. I think there's a there's a lot of different factors to to consider with it. So, but yeah, that's kind of the same with me. I've only I've only got to the point where two are definitely in so far, and I'll, uh, I'll make some decisions overnight and uh, get that firmed up for. Kind of lunchtime ish tomorrow, I expect. It's certainly the star of the show. I think I saw some numbers saying, isn't it virtually double the world ranking points this week, the Scottish Open, as opposed to the John it is, Deere yeah. Classic? With, with, with the field that's out there, even yeah. even with the likes of, you know, Stenson's pulled out today, Norrin um, was an early withdrawal, and Tommy Fleetwood's pulled out as well. So even with those three guys not in attendance, it's still going to be still going to be a strong event. So, So, yeah, that makes sense. Let's talk John Deere Classic. Um, it's always the warm-up event on the PGO Tour, and they run a direct charter flight into um, into the UK directly after the tournament closes. So I think quite a few of the players use that free facility just to keep the cost down. So you do get quite you do get a fair few reasonable players that get involved in this. Um, just from a betting perspective this week, um, Francesco Molinari makes his tournament debut. So again, he's playing the PGA Tour over and above uh, the Scottish Open warm-up event. So that's an interesting strategy. 
Um, based upon his form at the moment, you're not getting anything better than 10 to 1, though, on Francesco. He's the favourite for this. Uh, you've then got the likes of Zach Johnson, DeChambeau, the defending champion, Ryan Moore, uh, the Wunderkind, Joking Neiman, who uh, we got a place back with last week, uh, Mr. John Deere, Steve Stricker, Kyle Stanley, Chesson Hadley, Austin Cook. And then uh, we're down into a bit more of the rank and file of the PGA Tour. There's a couple of names that jump out, like the likes of Siwoo Kim, uh, Danny Lee's playing Nick Watney, Bill Hass. Uh, he's struggling at the moment, is he? Hass. He really. He, he, there's nothing coming at all from Hass right now this season. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a pretty much stock par 71. It's upstate Illinois, um, uh, tree lined, but it's it's quite. Uh, it's a short course, but it's got very wide fairways. The greens aren't that small. They're quite uh, quite receptive as well. They set this up so it's scorable. And just to make, uh, make that point in terms of the scorability that we see every, uh, every year here, 16 under, 20 under, 26, 22, 20, 19, 22, 20, 22 and 18 under par. So I think we can safely say we need to uh, hit quite a few birdies this week. Um, it isn't a difficult golf course. Um, plotters and um, bombers can equally contend and win around here. I mean, Bryson DeChambeau is one of the longest you'll see, although he's quite straight off the tee. And then you also get the likes of a Ryan Moore, a Brian Harmon, Zach Johnson, Steve Stricker winning it. So... You know, it's all all sorts can win this, but one thing you must have, and it's very similar to the Greenbrier last week. The thing that's absolutely imperative is that very very hot putter. Um, if you take the last eight tournaments here, the average in terms of putts per GIR, you know, putting average is the average is eighth in the field, mm. and nothing, no other skill set gets anywhere close to that. It helps if you can also hit the ball uh, close. So prox- proximity to hole is another statistic uh, that I'm looking at closely this week. Um, form of players in is interesting. It kind of reminds me again of the Greenbrier last week. You're not seeing anybody apart from Jordan Spieth in 2015 when he came direct from the US Open and that was the season of his life, wasn't it? where basically he was holding everything and playing out of his skin. He won here at 4-1 to one in, 2015, <laughs> in 2015. Yeah. Um, but apart from him, um, form in, 14th for DeChambeau last year. Uh, Ryan Moore the year before that was 17th, although he'd been 8th after 54 holes at the Travellers. Then we had miscut, miscut for Harmon. 23rd and 6th for uh, Jordan Spieth in 2013 when he won here for the first time on the PGA Tour. And Zach Johnson when he won this. Now, Zach Johnson when he won this in 2012 was a 12-1 to 1 shot, yeah? Mm-hmm. And he came in with direct form of 64 on the Travellers and 41st from the US Open. So 12-1. to 1. But already in that season, he'd finished second at Harbortown, second at the Players' Championship, and he'd won at Colonial, and he was 12-1. to 1. And that just breaks my heart when I see him at 12-1 to 1 
in the betting this week. Yeah. yeah. I just I just can't I can't back him at that price. I know it's it, 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 it's tempting whenever he comes here because obviously he's got such a such a strong record. But he was twenty eight to one for this last year. Mm. Believe it or not. Yeah, after that kind of spell of um, results, he'd kind of dropped away a little bit. And if, and if he was 28 to 1, I know that you'd be on him, I'd be on him, and probably Barry would be on him. Mm. But 12 to 1? Nah. It's tight, isn't it? It's too, it's, there's nothing in there, is there? You know, you, you can't say with 100% confidence that Zach Johnson is going to win this week. And at 12 to 1, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be looking for you know something in there that's... He's playing a lot better. He showed at the Travellers, didn't he? He started yeah. very, very quickly. It just seems to be something just slightly amiss there with Zach still. Um, his putting isn't the standard that it usually is. I mean, I've, I was checking it out today. He's, he's not in the top 80 or 90 for strokes game putting this season. It's shown a little bit of the putter. It, it had yeah. come back at a couple of events, but it's still, still a bit sporadic, isn't it? That's a win-only price, isn't it? 12s, yeah. Yeah. Unless you're going to stick your entire week budget on it. Yeah. Bryson DeChambeau is the defending champion. I don't think he's ever defended a title in the past. That doesn't, you know, Daniel Berg has done it. That doesn't, that isn't automatically a bad thing. I just, again, 12 to 1 on Bryson DeChambeau. And if we're looking at it in terms of need and want, you know, and desire, Francesco won a few weeks ago. Bryson DeChambeau's in the automatic spots, I think. The last spot at the moment for the Ryder Cup. You know, he's got some big opportunities coming up. I still think he'll probably be right in the mix this week because he's just playing so well. But again, 12 to 1, does he win? Um, potentially. Um, but I'm not sure. I, Ryan Moore's another one I'm struggling with because he just he's putting. He's, I mean, we, you and I, Barry, have been on Ryan Moore at various points across this year, haven't we? And you just watch him and he, you tear your hair out. You know, 10 feet, 12 feet. 13 feet, 9 feet, and he converts like 1 in 5. Bang on average when your money is on him, but uh, it doesn't, does, doesn't hit that high variance putting week, it seems, mm. um, often enough. It's, it's, a, it's a shame. He's one of my favourite golfers, and the talent levels he has, he should have more wins. Mm. Something's in there just blocking that putter from really heating up when it, uh, when it matters. Yeah. The Vanderkins at twenty to one, yoking Neiman. Um, I can't. This course to me, this tournament, you need at least one outing here to to win. Um, that you know, I think the last person to win here on debut at the course was Sean O'Hare back in two thousand and five. And what we you know, that's four, thirteen, fourteen renewals ago. I, mm. I do want someone here with a bit of course experience. Even even Bryson DeChambeau played here and missed the cut, but at least he knew the course. And actually, if you look at his numbers, he'd hit loads of fairways and loads of greens, and he was back at a time when he was putting really badly and he missed the cut. Yeah, um, yeah. So there's something in that. So I can't touch yoking at that. Um, the one that I've already backed, the one that I've already tipped, um, and I've had in mind for this since probably... A fortnight ago is Chess and Hadley. And I just think Hadley is playing phenomenal golf this year. Um, there is something in here about players that have um, 
not you know not one for a, a period of time. There's a lot of tour maidens that win here for the first time. We know that we know that Hadley isn't that. He's won once on the PGA Tour, but he's not exactly a, a multi multiple PGA Tour winner. And he's just played some fabulous golf this season, and he's he's ranked fifth in the fifth on the PGA Tour for proximity to hole. All of his numbers are superb. He's brilliant on par threes. It's an interesting one here. The par threes are really, really easy. Yeah, some of the I think it's they're either the easiest or the second easiest on the PGA Tour, and it's rare to see a set of P, uh, of par threes that play as easy as around here. So if you look at Deshambo last season, um, he was six under for the par threes. Now it's not often you see that, is it? No, it's a it's uh, year number. before that. Ryan Moore was four under, Speed three under, and uh, Brian Harmon was five under for the par fives the year he won. So for me, par three performance on the predictor model, um, or just par par three birdie or better scoring average. Anything you can see there of players that are great on those uh, one shot holes. They particularly short, Steve. Is that the, is that the reason? Yeah, yeah, short, short. Um, there's, there's no because those ones at Greenbrier last week are, are renowned for being very testing, and there were plenty of doubles and a double and bo- doubles and bogeys going around from a lot of the field last week on the par threes. If you notice, you know a lot of two ten, two twenty um, length um, holes at the Greenbrier in terms of the short holes. Yeah, but but around here it's nothing like that. Uh, you're looking at one. I'm trying to find the scorecard, but in my mess of a uh, studio here, but I can't. Um, I think you're looking at one seventy, one eighties. Yeah. Uh, in yeah, terms yeah. of the, they're short, they're attacking. Short, short irons. So anything you can see positive from a par three perspective can't be a bad thing. And again, Hadley is absolutely fantastic on par threes this season. Mm. And I just think he's the sort that would win this. So, you know, I'm seeing thirty three to one and forty to one, which. In this quality of field, I, th- I think that's a reasonable price for Chess and Hadley. I yeah. really do. Yeah, he's capable other, of winning it. Yeah. The other link I like, um, the link here, there's a very strong link, for whatever reason, between Puerto Rico and this tournament. So I'm seeing Jordan Spieth finish second at Puerto Rico. Bryson DeChambeau's finished second at Puerto Rico. Um, and then he, he, you can even look at Scott Brown, Alex Checker. Um, and players of that ilk that have won around or won or contended around Puerto Rico, and they've all got top three, top five finishes here. Okay. And of course, we know that he won. Um, I think he was twenty three under. He won the Puerto Rico Open. That, that was a year I was on board in the twenty thirteen. He won it um, at a crazy price, and that's one thing you do notice with of Hadley, four time winner on the Web dot com tour. Three of those victories have come at minus 19, minus 23, and minus 16. And that Puerto Rico Open win came at 21 under. I just think it's his kind of test. I really do. He went out last season in the last five groups on the Saturday. And that's when he was um, a, a pure web.com player. I just think 12 months on, he must he must feel now that he belongs on the PGA Tour. He's yeah, had he some fantastic it. results. Yeah, I just, I just think 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 that he would pop up and you would not be shocked in the slightest. No, no, I can see it. I can see it. He's been playing some good stuff, hasn't he? He has been playing some outstanding stuff, Hadley. Um, I think it was ninth last time out, where he was second strokes game putting. And and I've often said to you, Paul, you've got to take Hadley 
he can be very, very, very um, flagrant off the tee. He can really be, you know, just hitting far too many drivers and just hitting no fairways whatsoever. Mm. But it was noticeable last time out at Potomac on that really tough course. Calmed down, started to hit a decent number of fairways, decent number of greens, and the putter was red hot. Mm. And you know, with Hadley, he's very one of these players that once he's he's found something and his ball striking improves, he's so good with that putter. He he can really just string contending performances together. Yeah, yeah. The other one I like at a bigger price, and I was actually slightly surprised I was getting this about him. Uh, Eighty to one on Ch- Chesarevi. Right. Now you're looking at we know around here plotters. Good putters, um, guys that play well upstate. He's won the Canadian Open. I know he's only won once, but crap. This season, that's almost a good thing with the way that the the, the way the PGA Tour is uh, the winning profile is looking like. But Reevy, um, he's finished second at TPC Boston, and this year he's finished second twice at Scottsdale, and also the week after at Pebble Beach Pro Am, low scoring. And a couple of outings ago, he was sick that TPC Southwind, the one that uh, DJ won the week before the US Open. Yeah. Yep. So I think Reevy, who has shot a 61 round here. He just needs to putt well, doesn't he? Yeah. His, short, his short game's there, he's just got to... His chipping game's there, he's just, he's just got to get that putter going. And uh, that's just going to make or break with him. Because from tee to green, he tends to be very very strong as well doesn't he fairway and greens outstanding there was just something you know he, he, he putted a lot better at Southwind mm. and just with the fact that he's finished fifth here um, I think it was two or three outings ago uh, he shot a 61 here he's got a number of top 20s um, and you just look at his early days on the PGA Tour anything low scoring bent grass positive across places like Boston um, and other places upstate in uh, in America or Canada, you just get the feeling with him that eighty to one in this field for a guy that's got two runner-up finishes in the top six in his last three, in term, uh, you know, that's sixth at Southwind. I think mm. that's a reasonable price for him. Yeah, I can see that. Um, so they're the two I'm definitely with. I'm going to choose one more, and that'll be me. Mm. Very good. Very good. Anything you fancy, Barry? Um, I like Hadley as well. Love, love all the, love everything uh, you're saying. Um, and putting well, striking the ball well, um, plenty of space for him to hit. Uh, yeah, to- yeah. This is it. You're absolutely spot on there, Barry. There's quite a lot of width off the tee here, and that'll play to his strengths. Because if he hits the short stuff, he's dangerous. Yeah. Um, one outsider I was looking at who has a pretty damn solid record here but um, is out of form which is nicely reflected in his price is Daniel Summerhays yeah. um, he's out there for between 200 and 300 to 1 depending on what firm and places combination you want to take mm. um, listen to this Barry Rogers last year 125 uh, Rick, uh, Rick Lamb was 400 to 1 a year before that, 140 to 1 Ben Martin, 300 to 1 Wee Kim, 200 to 1 um, we had Hoffman of the Morgan variety. And then another 150, 125 to 1, and 400 to 1 each way places. That was 2016. Yeah, Tom Gillis was 500 to 1 in 2015 when he was in a playoff with uh, Jordan Speed. So it happens. It happens year mm. in, year out here. Yeah. 
you do get some big priced uh, players getting in the mix here. Mm. Yeah. How you how you find them, heaven only knows. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Well, one who it's... caught my eye last week um, finished just outside the top ten. Uh, had a good week of putting. He was a little bit ahead of the the field average for the week. It was Mackenzie Hughes. Yeah. Yeah. There's something in that. Yeah. So he's he's out there for hundred and fifty to one, eight places. Yeah. I thought you were going to say JJ Henry. <laughs> I keep messaging Paul every time JJ actually makes a birdie. I've got to yeah. put him in my Barracuda Championship team, Paul. He's got to make sure he misses a couple of cuts before the Barracuda keep his yeah, price yeah, and something sensible. But he's a, again, he's the sort just starting to find something. So yeah, there's something out there at a very big price. We uh, we just got to try and get our heads around it. Uh, Rob Rob Oppenheim's another one. There's a there's a crazy link here between the DAP Championship on the web.com tour. Now they play that in a, a, a golf course called Canterbury Golf Club, and it's played. Um, oh, bear with me. It's played uh, Canterbury Golf Club, which is in Ohio, so fairly fairly close, right? Now, 2016, that was the first time they played that tournament, and Bryson DeChambeau, lo and behold, won it. And he beat Nicholas Lindheim, Rory Sabatini, and Scott Stallings. Now, Scott Stallings was in the top five here last year. Rick Lamb, who isn't particularly, you know, he's now not on the PGA Tour, He, the only result he got was here last year, Rick Lamb, and he was 10th in that tournament at um, Canterbury. And then last year... Nicholas Lindheim won it, so you know if you're listening and you fancy a a a, a long price bet, two hundred to two hundred and fifty to one available on Nicholas Lindheim right now. Chesson Hadley was second, and Rob Oppenheim was second as well, top tied second. So you know there's some names of it. Another one who finished fifth in that DAP Championship last year. Uh, but has been showing some decent form of late, and his price has been slashed. I think he got himself a Open Championship spot a couple of weeks ago. Bronson Bagoon. So you know, if you fancy a hundred to one about Bronson Bagoon, it's probably worse bets than that out there as well. Bronson Bagoon. Bronson Bagoon, and our old friend Joel Darman, who's been playing out of his skin recently. Yeah, some good he stuff. Was, yeah. He was sixth at that DAP championship last year. The trouble you've got now, Paul, is that in such weak fields, anyone that's showing anything's being slashed. So Darman's eighty to one this week. Yeah, yeah, he will do after last week. He was prominent, wasn't he? Bagoon a hundred to one. Mm. Although I'm seeing him as short as fifty-five to one with Unibet, which mm. is a crazy, crazy price. Yes, a bit of variance there. Don't tell me, Paul. I, don't tell me, Peter Malnati, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I've 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 backed uh, back two. Uh, Chris Kirk yeah. is one of the shorter price ones, um, and I like Kirk actually. I think he's he's a good player. He's you know if you're looking for a decent wedge player, decent putter, um, Kirk kind of fits the bill for that for me. Um, he's got a couple of top twenty twos here um, over the years, and he was uh, sixth going into Sunday back in twenty thirteen. So he's been in the mix um, in and around here over the years, uh, without actually putting, you know, posting what you really see as a tangible result. Um, but 
you know, over the last few months, he's been hitting some decent greens. He keeps popping up on leaderboards. Um, in, in, in April, May time, he was hitting a lot of greens. He topped the putt in at St. Jude um, on his last start. And uh, this is back to Bentgrass, which is by far his better surface, in my view. Um, so if he's putting well generally, and then you get back to a decent putting surface, I think you might find a bit of an explosion there. Um, and yeah, he's, uh, you know, he's had some sneaky under the form radar, 8th in Texas, 11th at Fort Worth, 6th, as we said, at St. Jude, where he taught the putting. I think there's uh, there's a little bit of juice in that price with Chris Kirk, in my view. Um, and the guy at a longer price is one who caught my eye at the US Open. Um, and it was interesting, you were talking about the uh, about Puerto Rico, because he's also finished top 10 there, which I checked out while you were talking, um, is Aaron Badley. And again, yeah. if you want you want someone who's um, who likes a bit of width or needs a bit of width off the off the tee because it's going to actually help him, <laughs> but he's caused to find the greens in regulation and, and then actually have a chance to make some putts. He played well um, at the US Open, didn't he? He did, yeah. Twenty fifth, he finished, mm. um, and that was pretty. You know, that, that was fairly out of the blue because he hadn't been playing particularly well. But um, yeah, twenty fifth at the US Open. Uh, he's got that top ten at uh, Puerto Rico, which uh, is interesting. He's finished top ten here in the past as well. And um, I took the 150 to one with eight places on that, because um, he's that kind of player who can, who can win. He knows, you know, he he can get himself into a situation and he can get over the line. He's capable of doing it. He's done it before. Um, not showing a massive amount, but so that U.S. Open form is quite tangible, I think. And uh, this isn't a particularly strong field, so can he get a top eight? Um, surprise me at all, actually. So those are the two that have caught my eye. Wesley Bryan caught my eye. I haven't backed him yet. I was waiting for some more prices, but the price seemed a little would bit you, Would tight. you ever back Wesley Bryan again, Barry, after that, that tournament a few weeks ago at St. Jude? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I've been, uh, he, he, might, he might be temporarily on the X list. <laughs> what price I, is I, I, do, I do like Chris Kirk at 55 to 1. Statistically, mm. you know, I always look for key stats. He ticks every single box, Chris Kirk, this this, mm. this week. Yeah. The only thing I don't like about him is the fact that he's been so inactive. He hasn't played since Jude, has he? And that's the kind of thing where you 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 got your like you know you got your list of players and you go, well, I'm looking for reasons to get rid of people. And you'd look at Kirk and you'd go, I'm not picking him because he he hasn't been active. And you'd put a line through him. And then he goes and wins, and you go, "Oh my God, I can't believe I didn't prick Chris Kirk." That's a well, that's a decent price, isn't it? Fifty-five to one. I think so. He, he's 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 been on my radar for a few yeah, no, months I, now. I, I always keep a very close because he's four-time PGA Tour winner. He knows how to get the job done, Chris Kirk. Well, he does. And what what was originally picking up um, on my analysis was the the greens that he was hitting around that kind of um, you know, uh, early to late uh, springtime. But yeah. the fact now is his uh, putting has been getting progressively better. You listen to this: his last four putting attempts um, in terms of putting average, one point eight four, so sixty seventh in the field at the players, one point seven six, so he's sived nearly a tenth a tenth of it for the next yeah. event at the Fort Worth. 15, uh, 49th in the field for that. Then his next attempt, 1.68. So again, you know, ver- best part of another 10th of it, 22nd in the field at Memorial. And, and then caught, his, yeah, caught fire at Southwind. Yeah, yeah on his last start, and virtually another 10th of it, 1.59, and he was first in the field. So, you know, his putting is, if it converges with a week where he gets back to those kind of mid-70s greens and regulation stats, he's going to win the tournament. 
Mm. Yeah. You might have sold me on Kirk because he's on my very, very short list. But he, but he's in kind of grey writing because of that inactivity, and that's the kind of thing that will haunt me, like Kevin Nar last week. He's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, go in. and then you go, you you get there on a Sunday night, and you've got those players, and you go, oh my, Kevin Nar, cannot believe it. Well, you, you're desperately doing, desperately <laughs> yeah. doing a birdie, a, a, bo- yeah. a bogey dance, trying to trying to get him to, uh, trying to get him to drop a shot. Cannot believe it. I cannot believe I left him out. But yeah, he's an he's one to sleep on, Kirk, mm. and I have got. I've got a space or two in my team. I think there's worse bets out there than that. Mm. Very much so. Indeed. Right. So, that's uh, that's this week's show. Covered the John Deere Classic and, of course, uh, the Scottish Open. We, as I said at the top of the show, we are going to be recording a Scottish... Uh, not Scottish. An Open Championship preview this week. We've scheduled, it, uh, scheduled to record it on Wednesday before the semi-final. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to uh, get it active and published Thursday morning. So um, I know that thousands of you listen to the US Open preview. So hopefully we can get the same kind of response on the uh, the Open Championship one this week that we're going to record. So uh, looking forward to that. I appreciate your time, gentlemen. Thank you. Yeah, best of luck, guys. Good luck, everybody. It's coming home. Remember that, guys, yeah? It's coming home. <laughs> Uh, only took an hour and uh, yeah. 10 to, to get that in yeah. absolutely fingers crossed cheers chaps and uh, thank you for listening goodbye